with yours truly, Ryan Hickey. A big thank you for making us a part of your weekend right here. And a happy weekend to you. I hate to say it. I really do. I am a summer diehard. If I could live in the summer season all, all year long, I would. Living in New York City is not uh, the ideal place for that dream to uh, to survive. And this morning when I woke up for the first time, oh, there was a chill in the air. There was a chill. The summer weather is gone. I have right now a sweater on. The first time wearing long sleeves and long pants for the first time in months. Seasonal depression has already sunk in. Now, football's helping. Don't get me wrong. But uh, goodbye, warm weather. All right. Football, though, is here, which is a, a huge, huge savior. And obviously, right now, the biggest story in college football is Deion Sanders in Colorado. I very, I have one very simple question for you, and that is this. If you are a Deion Sanders doubter, if you are, as he would say, a non-believer, what would it take for you to be proven wrong? What would it take for you to admit, you know what, hand up, I doubted Dion, but he did this, and now, you know what, I got no reason to doubt him. I'm in, I'm a believer, this is legit, this is real. There's been a lot of talk of Colorado and a lot of, so far, championing what Dion is doing after two games. He deserves a lot of credit. But for me, at least, I will be a believer after two or three years. I got to see Dion, see how this year goes and continues. But also, I want to see now how, assuming this year, I would argue is already a success, see how that he builds off of this 2023 season in 2024 and 2025. How does he continue to recruit? How does he continue to develop players? If he loses a coordinator or two, how does he does how does he do coaching wise, hiring wise, in terms of replacing guys he loses? For me, I am someone who has been a doubter. I am a doubter, but I do want to see a little bit more before I am proven wrong. I don't have to see Dion go to another school. I could see him have all the success at Colorado, but I want to see sustained success from Dion and from the Buffs before I am a believer in what is being built in Boulder, in large part because it's not even really a specifically a Dion thing. It's a bigger college football problem. We have seen too many one-hit wonders for me to believe after two games this is real. We have seen Mel Tucker go to Michigan State Win 11 games, get a $95 million contract, and then 2022 not go very well. 2023, the team is not very good, and obviously now as we're seeing, he's got a lot of off-the-field issues to deal with as well where he's not going to coach Michigan State probably ever again. Um, and I get that's the priority right now versus right now his team's on the field, but that was one where Michigan State was trending in a direction that was never going to be anywhere as good as what they were in 2021. We have seen even Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M specifically win nine games in 2020, um, just missed out on a college football playoff berth, and has come nowhere close to replicating that success and is going to get fired at the end of the year. He is going to get fired, and Texas A&M is going to pay him almost $80 million to not coach there again. The reason why I bring those names up and those circumstances up is because we have seen now Coaches and teams have great, you know, one-off seasons. Tremendous success in one specific year. Everything lines up. 
maybe the media and teams underestimate you. You got a great quarterback, injury luck, whatever it is, benefits you and you have a great season. But what marks a great coach and a great program is consistent greatness, consistent success. You are unable then to build off of that one 10, 11, 12 win season and replicate it now going forward. That is what success truly is. Like Deion Sanders is not coaching Colorado for you know what in gigs, right? Bleeps and gigs. He's not doing this because he's bored. He's doing this to win. So I don't think he is someone who's going to be satisfied after two games and say, yeah, it's a success. Uh, it's a success. Mission accomplished. Got what I wanted done here. He's not going to be coaching until Shador graduates or goes to the NFL and hangs up and says, eh, yeah, you know, I'm going to do something else now. He is coaching Colorado to win. Just like he coached at Jackson State to win. Just like he coached in youth football and previous other stops to win. So I think it's only fair to hold the bar high then of, okay, if he's here and his goal is to be then one of the best college football coaches in the country and his goal is to compete for a national title, what do I if then what do I then have to see in order for me to believe that's a reality? I got to see two or three years of consistent success from Dion at Colorado before I'm a believer. Two games for me is not enough. It is not enough. Beating a TCU team that right now we're seeing it was overrated in the preseason and has a, hor- a horrible defense, and beating a Nebraska team that I'm not even sure if they know the rules of football because they carried the ball or didn't care about ball protection and security. They cared about it so little, you would have thought that dropping the ball and fumbling was like the ball is dead and it, no big deal. Hey, we're still good here. They could That ball must have been greased up or something. But the point is, like beating TCU and beating Nebraska – for me, is not enough to believe that what Dion is building here is championship caliber. That's the standard. Championship caliber. That's why I'm asking you at 855-212-4227, if you're a doubter, what do you have to see to be turned from a doubter to believer? Like, I don't think what I'm asking is unrealistic. Two or three years of continued, sustained success. And I'm in. I'm in. I don't think I'm asking too much. I think it's honestly fair for most college football coaches to have that sort of number of years of sustained success in order to be respected and be appreciated. But right now, I don't think two games is enough for Dion to all of a sudden command all his respect. And we're seeing that play out right in front of us. I look at Jay Norvell this week. The Colorado State head coach leading into his game against Colorado, who has, at least to my knowledge, never been someone who's outspoken, never been someone who is known to criticize the opponent as they're getting ready to face them, called out Dion. I mean, look, the reasoning's stupid. Taking the hat, taking the sunglasses off. Look, who actually cares? Who cares? Talk to adults how you want to talk to them. I've never felt that. He's not talking to me, but watching Dion talk to the media I've never felt watching a press conference disrespected because Dion is wearing sunglasses and a hat. I could care less. But Jay took the stand, and that's what he wanted to uh, make known. I think you make those comments because you don't respect Deion Sanders. You don't fear Colorado. You don't think... I'm not saying Jordan, Jay Norvell thinks he's going to win the game. 
right, Colorado's 23-point favorites. Like, deep down, he knows the Buffs are going to win. But I don't think he makes those comments if he was fearful that the Buffs could drop a hundo spot on the board. Make it a 70-7 to game. Really just beat their face in, kick their teeth in, and then, you know, embarrass them on the way out the door. Jay Norvelling said those comments in part because he does not respect Dion and doesn't fear right now what Colorado's done through two weeks. He's not the first to disrespect Colorado, and he's not going to be the last. He's not going to be the last. I think, truly, it's going to take five years and two stops for Deion Sanders to command full respect and belief throughout the entire college football nation. Like, for me, I'm just telling you two or three years at Colorado. I think, though, from a national media, national fan base perspective, where you are not a Dion fan and not a Colorado fan, I think for a majority of people to say, you know what? Dion's a really good head coach. Dion's a damn good head coach. He's a top 10 guy in the country, and that team he coaches is a championship caliber team every single year. It's going to take five years to do, and it's going to take another stop. Because in the world we live in, one thing is true. If you feel a certain way, you will do whatever it takes to justify that feeling. If you are a Dion doubter and you really don't want to see Dion succeed or you want to look for any excuse not to give him credit, what can you say? Well, they beat TCU and they beat Nebraska. Who cares? Call me when you you know play Oregon and uh, USC in a few weeks. If he does that, call me in November if they're in the Pac-12 title game. If he does that, call me next year when you move conferences. If they do that, call me when you do it after two or three years. If they do that in the Big, Ten, uh, in the Big 12, well, go to a big boy conference. Right? No Texas, no Oklahoma, the Big 12. Eh, who's really scaring you? Maybe outside of Utah. Go to the Big 10, go to the SEC, and then really play with the big boys. The goalposts are going to be moved a lot. And I think until Dion goes somewhere else and has a lot of success as well, outside just Colorado, but somewhere else as well, maybe Florida, Michigan State, for example, just programs that are either going to have or could have in the next year or two an opening for a head coach, it's going to take him going to a school like that and having a lot of success. But before I think universally, he is respected. And before universally, coaches five days before the game are not throwing you know smack talk right in his face. But right now, after two games, I don't think it's enough for him to garner the national respect that some people are giving him. I still have doubts, and again, I want to see it more from the perspective of a two- or three-year sample size. Can you have sustained success? Now that everyone knows, as he would say, you're coming, you're here, now what can you do? How can you make sure you replicate that success? And I don't think I'm being unfair. I think I'm being actually very fair to Dion because what I'm doing is treating him like any other college football coach. Look at some of the most respected and best college football coaches We have seen in this sport the last 20 years. Urban Meyer. Respected, I get it, on the field for what he's accomplished. But Urban Meyer had Alex Smith, the number one pick at Utah, went to the Sugar Bowl, won the Sugar Bowl, beat Alabama in the process of doing so, and then when he left Utah to go to Florida in uh, 2005, it wasn't like Florida was jumping up and down the streets of, the Savior's here. Oh, okay. He did at Utah. So he was going to do it here. We are in great hands. There were significant and serious doubts about Urban Meyer 
at Florida. That was honestly one of the best things I thought that came from, from Swamp Kings. A lot. A lot of uh, interesting details left out. A lot of controversy conveniently not talked about. The one thing I did appreciate and learn and enjoy was how much pressure Urban Meyer felt himself under in just year number two. The year they went to the national title game and won a national championship in 06. He's looking, you know, he's going to some games where, boy, if I don't beat South Carolina, I'm not going to be here. If I don't beat Tennessee, I'm going to get fired. If we lose to LSU, they're going to can me. Urban Meyer, who now we know, right, has won three national titles and, again, one of the most successful on-field head coaches in college football in the last 20 years. This was a guy in year two at Florida thought he was going to get fired because what he did at Utah, no one really respected or, or again, people want to see more of. It took him, even though he had success and won a lot of games at Utah, took him going to Florida and winning a national title before people were like, oh, wow, he's a really good, you know, damn good head coach. James Franklin, who, look, it's Vanderbilt. I get it. The standard is low. But he did things at Vanderbilt that no one has done really before or since he's left. He had a lot of success at Vanderbilt. But it, it's not, it wasn't until he went to Penn State won the Big Ten Championship in 2016, and now has really put the Nittany Lions for the most part consistently into the top 10 year in and year out, that people are like, oh, yeah, James Franklin. Pretty good head coach. One of the best head coaches in the country. How about Jim Harbaugh? Going way back, right, to his Stanford days, who helped build the foundation for Stanford for when, you know, kind of David Shaw took over and Andrew Luck got there, and they were, again, one of those perennial top 10 teams for almost a decade Jim Harbaugh built that foundation. He pulled off one of the biggest upsets in college football history, beating USC, the dynasty at the time, the juggernaut. It wasn't until he went to the NFL and got to a Super Bowl with the 49ers where people were like, oh, wow, Jim Harbaugh, huh, pretty good head coach. My point is, some of the most well-respected head coaches right now in college football needed to go elsewhere. Needed more than one year and needed more than one stop to prove it. So that's why I don't think I don't think I'm being unfair by just asking Dion in order for me to be a believer. Hey, two or three years of success of sustained success at Colorado, I'm in. I'm a believer. I don't think you have to go to another school. That's just me personally. If you have success at Colorado, I think you have can uh, you can have success anywhere. You can take a one eleven team. And in the span of two or three years, turn them into a college football playoff contender or college football playoff participant? You got my attention. I'm in. I don't need you to, to do it elsewhere in order for me to believe. But right now, as you sit here on September 16th, after two games being played and a third about to be Colorado State, which I think you're going to whoop them, there's not a reason right now for me to believe. Enough of a reason for me to turn from a doubter to a believer. I got to see more. I need to see more sustained success. I need to see more than two wins against TCU and Nebraska for me to take Deion Sanders seriously as one of the best head coaches in college football and a true national content, uh, title contending head coach. How about yourself? You just heard me lay it out there. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. If you are a Dion doubter, what will it take for you to turn your doubt into belief? What will it take for you to say, you know what? This guy's legit after all. 
We'll get to your thoughts here on Dion, what he has to prove in a second for you to be a believer. But that was obviously the voice of Jay Norvell, the head coach of Colorado State, who really set Colorado, Colorado State ablaze this week and really made everyone pay attention to this game because of those comments now. And now as Deion Sanders would say, it's personal. I love and respect Jay Norvell for saying that. I don't agree with the message. I don't agree with what he said. I love the fact, though, if he felt strong about it, he voiced it. He didn't pretend to love Dion. He didn't pretend to love, oh, the hat is cool, the glasses is cool, Coach Prime swagged out, can't wait to play him. I got so much respect for him. Jay has no respect for Dion Sanders and was not afraid to say it. I love that. More coaches should do it. I am sick and tired of hearing Nick Saban try to tell the media and anyone who would listen that Northwest Southeastern State University Polytechnical Institute of Technology is going to beat Alabama on Saturday if Alabama is not playing a great plus game. There is no way in hell a snowball is a better chance of surviving hell than, I can't repeat the school because I just made up all directional and different school names. So that school we just listed beating Alabama in that made up scenario. But Nick Saban, we always talk about how you got to respect the opponent. You can't take it off. And I get from a coaching perspective why he does it. But you know what, Nick? Be honest once in a while. Yeah, we're going to kick the crap out of this team. I don't plan anyone playing past the second quarter. Be honest. You don't like someone? Say it. If you got a good joke, say it. If you have a problem with the way something's going, say it. So I like Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is honest. Now, latest story with him, maybe not the best example, as now he's getting sued. But coaches that are honest, coaches that tell you how they feel, coaches that are not afraid to basically just speak what's on their mind, I appreciate, I respect, I welcome. More of that, please. More of that. And so while, yes, I don't agree with the message, I respect the hell that Jay Norvell said, you know what? I feel a certain way. I'm let it rip. Before we get to your thoughts, I want to play one more thing here. Reese Davis, right, is on um he's on campus. He is at um in Boulder because of college game day being there emanating from Boulder tomorrow. And so he was talking with some students, uh, and Nikki Edwards was interviewing Reese, and she basically asked him, or not a student, but she's a beat writer for CU Sports Nation. I apologize for that, Nikki. Um, and she asked Reese basically, like, what are your thoughts on Jay Norvell's comments? How did you take them? Was that a shot at Deion Sanders? Here is the ESPN College Game Day host giving his thoughts on Jay Norvell's comments. Now, Jay Norvell actually quoted that. Uh, this was on the video was on Twitter. He actually quoted that tweet, and he wrote five hours ago. So very recently, just about midnight Eastern, 10 o'clock uh, Mountain Time. This is Jay Norvell, again, head coach of Colorado State, who uh, uttered those words about taking the hat and glass off and talking to adults because he has respect for them. Jay Norvell, quote, With all the media involved with this game, not one reporter asked me about my comments. One guy got it, referring to what Reese Davis said. He does believe now that Reese Davis, what Reese Davis said about he's talking to his team, is the message he was trying to send. Now back to Jay. I wanted to send a message to our players and how we run our program. If that's the case, have a different message then. It sounded personal. 
It sounded more you versus Dion than, hey, I'm going to show my guys we're not intimidated. Just say it. We're going to Boulder. Everyone's there to see Colorado. We're going to put on a show. We're going to steal the, the spotlight. We're sick and tired of hearing about Deion Sanders and, and Colorado and Shador and Travis Hunter. We're going to show you how great we are. That's the message you want to send. Say that. I don't know if I buy or believe the fact that you're trying to fire for team and show that you're not intimidated by calling out Deion Sanders for how he appears in post-game press conferences and chats with the media. Again, I like the fact you want to say what's on your mind. Maybe just different message if that's the message you're trying to convey. Word it a little bit better. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. If you're a Dion Doubter, if you're a, someone who does not believe right now in what Dion's doing long-term is going to work, what will it take for you to change your mind? What does Dion have to do to prove to you this is not a fluke. This is legit. Justin's call from Sacramento. What's up, Justin? How's it going, man? Good, buddy. What's on your mind? So it's not necessarily I'm a Dion doubter. I just kind of have like one eyebrow raised. Like I'm okay. not. I'm kind of stuck in the middle. But I've looked at Colorado's schedule, and for me, it's going to take not just one or two wins over a marquee coach. I think it's going to have to happen for me in his second season. Probably his second bowl game. I know he's got a ton of talent on his team, but I want to see how he uses that going against a coach that's more experienced, that gets, you know, better skills out of lower star rated players. I think that's what's going to do it for me is how he stacks up against the, the, some of the marquee coaches that are already established. And I'm glad you, Justin, mentioned second year because I'm with you. Like, that's where I come down. Like, I'm someone who I'm a doubter right now of, of Dion in the sense that, look, Two games, I'm not going to pretend I'm not impressed. I'm very impressed with what Deion's done so far against TCU and against Nebraska. Oh, for sure. But it's with your point, like, now it's about, okay, one year is awesome. But if you're to be a great coach in college football, it's you got to do it now consistently going forward. So that's why for me, like, I'm talking about two or three years it's going to take for me to be a believer because if you can now consistently win nine, ten games for two or three years, okay, what you're doing is legit. It's not a fluke. It's not a flash in the pan. It's not a one-hit wonder, which we've seen now in college football a ton um, and have a lot of coaches get paid a lot of money for it. If you can win consistently, I'm a believer. That's really, for me, the difference. And that's where, like you said, two games is not going to cut it for me. And you even look at this year, Justin. Look, for how good of a start it is, right? And you talk about some winning games against marquee coaches. Well, you got Lincoln Riley coming to town. You got exactly. Kyle Whittingham in Utah, the final game of the year. They got six games on their schedule against current, right now, ranked teams in the Pac-12. Got a lot of chances just this year to kind of see uh, see what they got. Yeah, and they could catch people off guard this year and, and pull off some upsets. And there's no disrespect in this comment, but, you know, everybody can get lucky once. I get that. I'm not throwing any shade, but it's if, if he can go back and do it the next year, then it's like, okay, I, I see you. Like, this, this, is, this is real. I got you. Justin, I could not agree more. I'm with you 100%. It's not taking away right now anything that he's done the first two weeks. But like you said now, going forward here, it's about, and again, Dion's not here for the flash or for one year to make a statement that he's going to leave. He's here to build something. And whether it's at Colorado or elsewhere, got proven now for a few years because, again, we have done the same and held the same standard for plenty of other 
great college football coaches where it's, okay, one year is great, but now can you replicate that or can you replicate the success you had at a smaller school at a bigger time program? And until coaches have done that, there's always been kind of a sketchiness or a wariness about trying to declare them to be one of the best um, best in the country. Isaac, call from beautiful San Diego. What's up, Isaac? Hello, you guys. Can you hear me? Loud and clear, man. What's on your mind? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm literally looking at these guys' schedule right now, and I can swear that 8 out of 12 games are verse-ranked opponents. Listen, jealousy looms large. What in... I just what in Colorado is is broaching anybody to that state other than Deion Sanders? Who even won the NBA Finals? The Denver Nuggets? I wouldn't even guessed it if I didn't know that offhand. Wait, what? He has beaten. I'm telling you, what relevancy does Colorado have? I'm telling you that Damn, jealousy looms large. I'm sorry, but I just don't. I think this guy's. What's with your hatred, Isaac? Of catch. Why do you hate the state of Colorado? I don't have anything against the state of Colorado, but re- what relevancy does a flyover state have? Deion oh, they Sanders, have beautiful mountains, beautiful scenery. Yeah. If you watch any, I mean, ESPN has, has been there now, I think, all week, it feels like. Yeah, the, the backgrounds the, are unbelievable. Because of Deion Sanders. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. This gentleman is writing a check his butt can't cash. Straight up. Why are you coming at this guy who's just coming into your state and trying to do something better for it. 8 of 12 ranked. Nebraska and TCU are, I think, a heck of a lot better wins than a lot of top teams even have at the moment. Give the guy a chance. That's all I got to say. So you're, is, you're in now, Isaac, is what you're saying. You're all in now on Dion. I'm saying, what has he done to prove you otherwise? All he's done is win. So far, in two games, yes. In, in two games two and a games. small sample size, he has absolutely won. What was his What was his record at the uh, at the BCU uh, BCU uh, FCS the Black Jackson College. State yes. HBCU? I can't tell you. I, I gotta look it up. Okay, pretty damn good. Right. All I know is this guy is, is creating a controversy, and it's great media play, everything. But Dion is a world class athlete. He's a world class coach. These are better wins than I've seen. I see eight out of twelve ranked opponents right now, and. He can go. They can go undefeated. What happens if they do beat UC, uh, USC? What happens if beats Lincoln Riley? What is it going to take for you? What if the opposite happens, else? Isaac? What if they don't beat a ranked opponent this year? What if they lose all well, six of those games against Pac-12 opponents they have coming up that are ranked? If they lose all six, it's the same thing that you're saying. It's the first year. You need more than one year to figure out what he's got. But then, so you you kind of you can't have both ways then. Like you're buying it now, but then you're going to say if it's if it if it's if they lose every ranked game after this going forward here that it's only the first year and there's plenty you of time. Said, you said what if? I didn't say what if. No, I'm just saying, but it's like, okay, so what if he does beat all these guys? What if he does go undefeated? What happens? This guy's going to be what? What are they going to do? They're going to what? Where where does it stand at the end of the year? There's four teams that get into the college football playoff. What happens when he's undefeated? Not he, because it's a team effort, obviously. Right. But what happens when they're undefeated? at the end of the year, and they have been eight out of currently ranked teams in the United States of America, and there are 12-0, 13-0. What happens then? When does the grace period end? What is he showing any – what has he not shown to earn the respect of everybody that he goes against? Well, I think a few things. Number one, Isaac, is just even if he wins – if he wins the next eight games, let's say, right? let's play the what-if game in the positive way, and you're right. 
Well, again, we just saw with TCU last year. TCU made an improbable run to the national title game. Now they've come How back down earth. How many times have they been in the college football playoff? What? How many times has TCU been in the playoffs? That was the only time. Okay. How many times are they in the top five, top six? A few times with Gary Patterson. Way, way more recently than Colorado. Okay. Well, that – I mean, come on. Nebraska, Big No, my, my point is this, Isaac. We have seen a lot of one-hit winners in college football. If we're going to crown some one of the best right now, you it for me, being one of the best is not only reaching your heights or reaching greatness, it's doing it consistently. Anyone could Correct. do it one time. Can you do it now Correct. two or three years in a row? Which is why, for me, I'm talking about just two. I don't think, honestly, that's crazy, asking two or three years of, hey, you, I'm not asking you to go undefeated. I'm not even saying go 10-2. and two. You're 8-4 and four this year, and you knock off one or two ranked teams. That, to me, is a successful first season. If you can build off of that and get to 10 wins next year and stuff like that, now all of a sudden, if we see, okay, this is real what Dion is doing, and you could do it at Colorado, you could do it anywhere else, all I'm asking for is sustained success uh, sustained success for two to three years, and I'm in. I fully agree, but we don't know what's, we don't know what's happening yet. We've seen what he's put on tape. We've seen what the teams do that play for him. I mean, what else can there be? Look, it's been we a great start. Not- if, if you're asking at least in the first two games, i got to run here because we do have an update. I apologize, Isaac. But it's one of those things where the first two games, it's about as good of a start as you could have asked for. Now, it's also, if you want to look at the warts here, also dive into it. Let's not pretend they've been perfect. They got gouged on the ground by TCU. And again, if TCU had a little bit better play calling, probably lose that game. Colorado does. And on the flip side, Nebraska. Nebraska gave the game last week. And for three quarters, even though Nebraska couldn't put two first downs together and couldn't hold on to the damn football, for three quarters, it was a game. Let's not pretend they outclassed Nebraska, who's not a very good team right now and, and struggling under year one of Matt Rule, like they pantsed them and it was 50 nothing at halftime. They are 2-0. and I'm not taking anything away from Dion. He is he has two wins at this point in the season that I, two more wins, I should say, at this point in the season, more than I thought he would have had through, uh, at this point. I predict him to lose against TCU, predict him to lose against Nebraska. But we got to see some more. But we got to pump the brakes in the sense of like, let's 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 see how he coaches against Oregon and USC and Utah in a loaded Pac-12. And let's see, can you do it next year? Can you develop? If Shador Sanders leaves, how do you attack the transfer portal? How do you develop a young quarterback? If an offensive coordinator leaves, how do you go about hiring? A lot of these questions, a lot of great coaches in college football have answered because they've been around and done it years in a row. Sustained success. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm, I'm looking for here. We'll continue your Dion thoughts here. 855-212-4227. If you are a Dion doubter, what will it take for you to turn that doubt into belief? And if you think I'm being unfair, I should be more all in. Explain why. 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We'll get your thoughts in also when we do return. One SEC game, one SEC coach, I should say, speaking of coaching, I think later tonight is coaching for his job. Yes, it is. If you missed any part of the show, Hick at Night podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E. That is where every single hour of the show is uploaded. You can catch up at your convenience and also throughout the week sprinkled in as well. Some bonus material, some bonus picks, Bonus monologues as well. So 
a reason to subscribe wherever you do get your podcasts. Hick at night, night spelled N-I-T-E. We spent a large part of this show and a large part of this hour talking Deion Sanders, Colorado. I'm a doubter. A lot of people, I think, out there are still doubters of what Dion can actually accomplish uh, in at Colorado and overall just as a head coach in college football. And my question is, what will it take? What will it take to turn you and convert you from a doubter to a believer? For me, it's two to three years. Two to three years of sustained success at Colorado, I'm in. You can continually win games, bring in recruits, compete with the big boys, and at least this year, the Pac-12, but soon to be next year, the Big the Big 12. I'm in. I'm believing. I think what you're doing is real. But I think the biggest thing is we need time. Time to see how this year goes. Time to see how Dion responds and the team responds to adversity. How he brings in recruiting classes. How he hires assistant coaches going forward. I want to see a little more and over a longer time frame than just two games for me to go from doubter to believer. But how about you? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Neil, calling from Georgia. What's up, Neil? What's going on, man? It's Ramil. But, uh, oh, Ramil. Uh, My bad. Yeah, you good. <laughs> you good. You say you, say you uh, are a doubter. You're not a believer. Yes. You say you want to see two or three years of sustained success. And, I mean, it's, I, don't know, I guess that's kind of a slippery slope. So, so what, what is actually success in Colorado? You say you need two or three years of sustain success. He already had this is fourth year of coaching college football. I think you discounted uh, discounted HBCU football. He did. He coached three years there too. And had right. I mean, look. I'll be honest, Ramil. I have not watched a lot. Of, I watched one bowl game at Jackson State, in which they lost like two or three years ago. Right. I can, I'm not going right. to include that for me because I have not watched. So I'm not going to try to talk about something I don't know. Right. See, I, 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 I understand that perspective. A lot of people just jumping on the bandwagon because he's won two games at Colorado. But this is four-year coaching college football. And I guess people that actually know about HBCU football know that's some big-time football. They just don't get, like, national attention like that. You got some of, the, some of your best players that get, get into the league and stuff that come, come from HBCU football. And outside the 2020 uh, season, the COVID season, where they only played six games, mm-hmm. went three and three that year. Every other year, he went, I want to say he went 12 and one and no, 12 and one and an 11 and two. So that's, that's the sustainability, what you're talking about. So you've done it. For consecutive years, and like this year, you saying like he need to do good at Colorado. He need to be successful at Colorado. But what is successful at Colorado? Well, this is what I would say, Ramil. For is that year six one, so is that ten games? I think year one is like six games. Like you get to a bowl game. That's again, I didn't think coming to the year they would get to a bowl game. I think now from two from two games, I definitely moved that and said, okay, they're going to get to a bowl game um, right. with how they've started. But like I th- like, let me ask you this: What is Dion's goal in your in your opinion? Is it to just win at Colorado? Is it to be a national title contender? Uh, I think this year is not to be a national contender. No, no, in general, in general. Not not just this but, year, I mean, but like in general. In, in, general. in general, I, don't, I think he's it's eventually make Colorado a national contender. I don't, I don't think he's going to move to a bigger, with everybody saying like a bigger school. I think cause it, to be honest, just because it's cultural effect, all the kids are going to want to come to Colorado. Like he's made Colorado the cool school to come to. Oh, he, I mean, he has to go to like a, a Florida or a Georgia. I right? think those teams are actually like putting on higher alert to like kids want to go play for Coach Prime. It ain't, they're not even looking at the, 
the name of the team. They're looking at the coach now. To his credit, so, Ramil, I, I mean, he got Travis Hunter to go to Jackson State over Florida State, right. basically any school he wanted to go to. And so right. you're right. Like he made Jackson State cool and attractive. He's making Colorado cool and attractive. I mean, look at every big time network on Friday was broadcasting live from Boulder and every single pregame show on Saturday exactly. is going to be there. So I'm like my the reason why I ask you is this because you're you bring up a fair question of what is success at Colorado. The reason why I ask you that is because I think Dion is in it to win the title. Like I think he's in it to be a national champion. And so for me, like right. that when you're looking at it from that lens. I think then we're talking about success with not in terms of Colorado success, but overall success, 10, 11 wins. Like if we're talking about nine and three, 10 and two, like that's what we're talking about here, building towards that. That's what I would consider two or three years of sustained success. If we're talking about, you know, let's just say a six, seven win team this year, and we're talking about a nine and three, 10 and two team the next two years. That's really what I'm looking for. I guess that, but now I agree with that. You know, like, I, I think. Okay. No, you can go. You can finish it up. So obviously, I think even like this year, just say you win only six games. I think that's a successful season for your first year in Colorado. But with all with your your, your uh, resources and all that type of stuff that was already there. I mean, he got a lot of people to come over there, but he still not have a top recruiting class like a Georgia or Alabama. So I actually think he's taking a harder route by not going to a big school like that. Because you already got all the best players in the world at your school. You know what I'm saying? So I think... To me, he's already been a success. Like, I mean, I know he, I'm not going to say he's like one of the best coaches ever. Like, that'd be crazy to say he's not a Nick Saban or Kirby Smart. Those guys that won actual national championships consecutively uh, on a, on a, on what, like, well, at least Nick Saban over a decade. But nowhere near those coaches. But I already think he's proven himself to be a good college coach from the way he did at Jackson State and what he's doing at Colorado at the moment. It's been Ramil. Have a good night. Uh, I was going to say good night. Good morning at this point. Holy cow. I appreciate the call, buddy. But, like, at least for two games, like I think honestly, through year number one with the attention Colorado's gotten after just being a downtrodden program, I think Colorado, the program itself, would say this year's already been a massive success. But with Dion, I think he's going big, and that's why for me, we're talking about nine, ten win program in the next two or three years. I'm in. I go from doubter to believer without a doubt. You hear the music, that will do it for this edition of Hick at Night. A huge thank you to Alex's arm, A plus job producing as always. Don't go anywhere. Carrington Harrison is up next. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Saturday right here on CBS Sports Radio.